from ministry to Hollywood and all things in between. Actor T.C. Stallings helps us explore today's issues through a biblical lens. Let's dive in to TCS Live. A year removed from just having your fifth baby, can you conceive me? Number six, but my life became a maybe, representing a risk. Fear drove you crazy, economic life hazy. Doubts rolling in on the daily, stemming from questions about raising me. You felt your life was not ready. Dad's life was not right. What if I don't turn out right? Abortion thoughts you had to fight. Maybe a preemie baby at best. Was something wrong with my chest or something wrong with my brain? You didn't want that potential pain. But you fought to find the courage. And through Christ you saw the light. Told yourself God just might have a purpose for my life. You let him finish the good work he started in you and you never looked back. In fact... You changed your life so that my world can be intact. You did all that. Cheerleader, my biggest, always the loudest in the crowd. You believed so I achieved anything to make you proud. All I could to make you smile, make you sing, or do that thing you always did when I succeeded. Big banners so I could read it. Touchdown TC, hand the ball to the ref. Next thing I would always hear, go ahead with yourself. Now you gone with yourself. Only I hated to see you go. I'd be all messed up if not for a few facts that I know. Before me, you knew God, accepted his spirit and met Jesus. Because of that, you're in a better place. Can't help but let that please us. You got no struggles, no tears, no problems, no fears, no sickness, no pain, no worries on the brain. Your body fell to the grave, but your soul had a better landing, making a hurt from your departure bow to a peace beyond understanding. No doubt, your death floored me, but I know you went home to glory. Just because it's a novel virus don't mean it gets the righteous story. You're more than just another victim of a horrific pandemic. You're a heaven-bound soldier that just landed smack dab in it. My mother, a lover, a hugger, a giver, a friend. Sometimes stubborn, but knew when to say when. I miss the little things you did. The way you laughed, the way you sing. That simple little text you always left that said, I really didn't want anything. That big old smiling face, two dimples in every grin. But my heart holds on to the promise of God that through Christ, I'll see you again. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TCS Live Show, episode number 10 of this first season of the TCS Live Show. I'm really, really happy to be with you guys. I say it every week and I mean it every single week. I'm just really, really enjoying getting the chance to uh, talk to you each week. What you just heard was a, a poem that I wrote for my mom. Uh, my mother passed away last year from COVID-19 complications, April 15th of last year. So in just a few days, it will literally be the anniversary of the day that she passed away. Um, the reason I played the poem is because uh, her birthday is tomorrow, actually. Uh, my mother's birthday is April 9th. And so her birthday is tomorrow. And um I was just reminded of, uh, you know, how tough a week that was for her. Um, but I just uh, I don't want you guys to think this is going to be a sad show because it's not going to be a sad show at all. Uh, in fact, again, I just want to honor my mother and I want to talk about her just a little bit today before we got going, because, you know, I, I don't want every time I think of my mother to be tied to the devastation uh, that came from the coronavirus and just the negativity and her just being. Uh, another number, because as you know, there are over 500,000 or so people that have died 
and the number you know keeps rising and and every time I, I see my mother's face or I dream about her or I think about her, I don't want it to always be associated with that. And I refuse to um, just keep that as the 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 prevailing thought when you think of my mom. You know, I'm she'll all, obviously always be attached to that. She'll always be in that number, um, and there's no way around it. But it doesn't have to define um, how I always think of her and how she's always remembered. You know, and so you know her birthday is tomorrow, um, and so obviously I. I want to say happy birthday to my mother publicly with all of you that are listening. I know it's tomorrow, but, you know, I'll, I'll end up saying it that day as well. Just, you know, um, just want to say it in celebration and in honor. You know, I don't I don't subscribe to all of the stuff where, you know, like my mother can hear me and she can she's watching down on me and all of that. I don't see that in scripture. I see that she is in the presence of the Lord and and it doesn't necessarily say exactly what that looks like. Uh, so. I am saying happy birthday to my mom out of just acknowledgement of her and honoring her um, before all of you. Uh, so um, I love my mom. You know, I was, you know, just thinking of just fun times that I've I've had just throughout my life uh, with her. And she was always my biggest cheerleader. And so, you know, when I'm, you know, I my, my movie just came out, My Brother's Keeper. She would have just been the first in line with that and, and, and having everybody to go check it out and, you know, here I am doing this podcast. I by now she would have wanted to be a guest, and she is so silly. She is so loud. She is just so funny. Um, so it's, it, I, I just, you know, when I when I think of her, I, I know where I get my sense of humor from, and and just, you know, just everything um, about her just makes me makes me happy because I just know how how proud she would be of of what I'm allowing God to do in my life. Um, how I'm using all my gifts for his glory. And she's she never was uh, shy about always letting me know and letting the world know how proud she is of uh, how I spend my time, my treasures, my gifts, my talents, my resources. And uh, so, you know, today would be no different. Um, normally, I would call my mother <laughs> on her birthday and do something really, really silly and, and make her laugh. She loved to laugh. And and so, you know, I just wanted to honor her. And she would always say, you, you, you guys will see me posting sometimes when I talk about a year, you'll see me say, or or I'll post with yourself. <laughs> with yourself. That was that was her favorite thing to say uh when I would do something good. She, she if she was here right now, she'd be like, Oh, I see, I see you with your little movie. Go ahead, boy, with yourself. <laughs> It's it's just the greatest thing ever. If 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 you're listening, if you've ever if you've ever gotten a witch yourself from my mother, you know what I'm talking about right now. So I love her. I love you, Mama. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna keep on going on ahead with myself, <laughs> as she would say. Um, but that it was a great opportunity for me to kind of let you know what next week's show will be about because. Uh, I don't see this as a coincidence that next Thursday will be April 15th, the day that she passed away and went on to be with Jesus. So I am dedicating that show uh, not only to my mother, but I'm dedicating it to grief and um, how Christians are to biblically deal with grief. Uh, I think that will be a timely topic with so much loss that we've experienced in our country in our world. Um, so I look forward to it. And my wife 
will be joining me for that show as my special guest. And because she lost her dad in 2008. And I believe that, well, I, I know for sure that that helped prepare me um, for what I just dealt with last year. And obviously I didn't know that this was going to happen. I didn't even know I was being prepared. You know, uh, my mother was only 73 and her, her dad was around the same age, you know, so uh, but when she lost him in 2008, I've just watched how she has dealt with it. And uh, it uh, it just helped prepare me uh, because I've watched how how the Lord has given her peace. And um, I'm experiencing much of that same peace. And also joining me next week uh, for the show um, on grief will be Shannon Fields. You'll probably recognize that name from you know, uh, Facing the Giants it was probably the first time you saw her, but she is also in My Brother's Keeper, as well as Redeemed. Um, you know, so I've got a chance to work with Shannon uh, quite a few times. Um, she's really, really cool. I'm really glad that she's coming on because she just lost her husband. And so I'm sure she'll have some really, really good, inspiring things to say as well. And uh, so that'll be our show on grief. And again, I don't think you want to miss it because we're it's uh, there'll be some hard things to talk about to get through, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a joyous um, occasion because at the end of the day, all three of these people, my my wife's husband, I mean, <laughs> oh goodness, I didn't took myself out. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. My wife's dad, Shannon Fields' husband, that's what I was getting at. Shannon Fields' husband and my mom. All three of these individuals knew who Jesus is. And so because they knew him, that's where they are. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And because we believe in Jesus as well and live our lives for him, we will see them again. And so we'll get into that next week as we talk about that show. But I definitely wanted to uh, acknowledge my mom. And uh, like I said, happy birthday and uh, tomorrow, April 9th. Um, moments ago... I was talking about my mother and what she dealt with with the coronavirus. And I think the toughest part about all of that, honestly, was uh, we weren't able to go see her in the hospital. And uh, that, you know, with the coronavirus and everything, and that that, that was tough um, because she was in there by herself and no family was allowed to go in. But that's the way they dealt with pretty much all the families. You know, you couldn't get on the floor where the COVID patients were. And so she had to kind of deal with that uh, by herself. But obviously we know she was never truly alone because God was always with her. And um, and then, you know, she, she went into a coma at some point. And uh, again, you know, she was just at the mercy of the hospital. And the thing that was on my mind a lot was, you know, because this is happening in Cleveland, Ohio. And at the time, you know, I live in Texas now. At the time, I was living in Southern California last year. And the whole thing that we were wondering, and even my brothers and sisters in Cleveland, the whole thing that we were wondering was how is, like, like the quality of the doctors, the, 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 the hospital, like, what does that floor like, the COVID floor? Like the, the sanitation, the, what drugs are they giving her? Like, what, because everything, my mother, this was, this was, you know, like I said, this is right at the the peak of this thing. And so everything was all experimental and you kind of really don't know what's going on. And so this was really, really tough um, because we, we, we couldn't really even really see the condition of the hospital or just how they were doing anything. And 
That's a great segue into what today's topic is and what I want to talk about. It, because it centers around a cliche that we use a lot in Christian circles. And, and, and it's that the church is a hospital. You know, have, haven't you heard that a lot or have heard that before? You know, the church, the church is a hospital for sick people, right? You hear that said a lot, that comparison of the church being like a hospital, you know, for sick people with the, with the sick people representing, you know, lost people, people who don't know the Lord, or even if it is a believer, but they're backsliding or just people struggling with sin, whether you know Jesus or not, you know, so it's a place where messed up people go. You hear that a lot. Now, here's the thing. First of all, before we really dive into that, let, let's talk about some of these cliches that are out there. You know, uh, in the world, the world uses uses a lot of cliches and they're completely different from how God thinks. And we kind of know just from talking about them to kind of stay away from them. At least we should know. Some people don't. But I mean, for example, follow your heart. That's a cliche. You know, the world, we, we love that. Nor follow your heart, follow you know, but then you see in scripture where it says that the heart is deceitful above all things. So you you kind of really don't be you don't want you don't want to follow your heart. You know, you want to follow the Holy Spirit. That's when you really want to just get it right and not just go with a cliche just because it's out there for you. Another one, you know, in the world we say, be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. You know, do you, right? That's a worldly like cliche thing. You can be anything you want to be. But then you see in scripture, you know, where it's not about be what you want to be. It's about, for a Christian, it's about being what God designed you to be. So, you know, God's ha God has a plan. And it, you don't birth the plan on your own. God has a plan. So we're supposed to seek him. And we actually have to crucify our own desires. You know, we got we to gotta die to ourselves. So you see how, like, a lot of us, you know, Christians know not to subscribe too much to the world and its cliches. But the thing is... There are some Christian cliches that are, you know, they, they too can be off. They can be off base a lot. And, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not that they're inherently bad, but they just need some, some clearing up for sure, some, some context. Um, and in some, in some cases, they are just flat out wrong or just bad cliches that just sound, you know, too clever. And I can name quite a few quite a few. And maybe that's a topic for another show. It'd be a great topic for another show. But for this one, we're back to what I said before. The church is a hospital. That's that's this, this Christian cliche. The church is the hospital where, you know, so don't judge it. That's really that's really the crux of, of why this cliche is used a lot. When people get critical of the church and get critical of the way the church is, is, is uh, perceived in the in the in the country or in the community or in the nation or just whatever the whole thing is hey don't don't judge the church don't judge us you know or be careful show show some understanding here the church is is a hospital you know this is where sick people go you know so and the whole thing is to try to you know send the message that you shouldn't go to a church looking for everybody to be uh without some defects or some problems or some issues like it it you you don't be surprised if you go to a church and this is running rampant with problems because it's a hospital 
And you, 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 you all know what I'm talking about, man. It, it, it's, this is mostly used as a way to kind of guide people towards viewing the church at a bit of a lower standard and to, and to not hold it to the high standard that most people want to hold it accountable for. Here's the issue with that. Let's actually look at this cliche and let's actually break it down for what it is, because if it's if it's actually done right, if it's used right, then it actually is an accurate description of the church. But in the way that it's used in our world today, it's mostly just a cliche and it's an excuse to be really, really low with our standards in terms of what the church is really supposed to be. It's a way to conveniently make excuses for poor behavior or lazy behavior or lackluster behavior from Christians, from the church. This is really, really, really what it comes down to. But if we actually use that um, that analogy better or in the proper light, you'll, you'll see that the church will find that you really can't use it to drop the standard because it doesn't work out right if you really, really, really want to make the comparison. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. So let's make the comparison. The church is a hospital. Okay, well then let's start with what what you see when you go to a hospital. So first of all, let's start with the doctors. The doctors. When you go to a hospital... You expect the doctors to be the healthiest people in the hospital. They, 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 they may not have perfect health, but they should be the healthiest. It only makes sense. They've got all the knowledge. They got all the training. They got all the schooling. They know exactly what to take for themselves. Um, doctors generally get paid very well, so they, should, they shouldn't have a problem getting whatever medications that they need. So my point is they don't have an excuse to be unhealthy. You know, and if they are unhealthy, they're going to treat themselves and they know exactly how to do it. They are the doctors. They are to be the healthiest in the hospital because I, I don't know about you all out there, but I don't want uh, someone trying to help me get better. And they're sicker than I am. They're more messed up than me. And you're the doctor. Uh, no, thank you. I'm going to another hospital. This isn't this isn't going to get it. You expect the the doctors to be the healthiest most knowledgeable people there. They're the leaders of the hospital. So the standard is going to be at its highest for those doctors. Well, if the church is a hospital, then the doctors, if we're saying the doctors are the, the, at the highest, they should be the healthiest, then in the church, these are your ministers, your pastors, right? Your deacons, these leadership positions in the church. These should be the healthiest people in the church. But oftentimes we lump them in with 
the hospital is is a sick place for sick people. And we lump them right in too. You know, they're sick too. And it's not to say that, again, let's go back to the, the actual hospital analogy is these doctors, they, they, they may not be in perfect health, but they have to be in better shape than the people that they're caring for. That's why they're, they're at the top. That's why they are where they, where they are. That's why they're operating on other people. They're knowledgeable. They know what they're doing. And they need to be in, in the best health and in the best shape so that they can properly care for other people. It's the same thing in the church. The doctors in a, in a church slash hospital are, the, like I said, the leadership, the pastors, the, the, the ministers, the deacons, you know, these, they should be the healthiest people in the church. Meaning, and how do you get spiritually healthy? Okay, let's go back to the doctor, the doctor at the regular hospital. Like he shouldn't, he doesn't have all these diseases and all these, you know, visible signs of, of poor health and hygiene and things like that. No, he's in pretty good shape. So as you go back to these uh, in the church, the ministers and the deacons and the, you know, and uh, the, the pastors, they should have visible signs of good spiritual health. And so that means that they, 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 they're reading their Bibles regular, regularly. They're praying regularly, got good prayer habits. They are, they are living without, you know, just openly sinning all over the place, working on their integrity, uh, don't have a whole bunch of behind the scenes problems. Are they perfect? No, they're, they're going to make mistakes. You know, a, a mistake might be getting angry. Uh, a mistake might be, um, you know, Maybe they maybe they moved ahead of God and, and didn't pray on something and, and you know it takes the rest of the church to say, hey, you know what, it wasn't time to to take this trip or it wasn't time to go and build this orphanage here, or maybe you moved too fast on giving so and so some advice and and because you really wanted to see them do well and you normally pray first, but you just acted out of compassion and so no one's perfect, but these type of mistakes don't ruin a church. It's just it's just a a a normal human flaw that doesn't ruin a church. I'm not going to run out of the church because you 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 know went to build an orphanage in Texas when God really wanted you to build it somewhere else, and so you got to kind of redo it. It's like oh, I misread the Lord there. I got a my passion for those kids, and I just. Like that's not these 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 don't cause people to go running out of a church and just look really bad and sinful and all of that. It's just human error, and it's the same thing if you go back to the the doctor model of a hospital. You know, if I see a, a doctor who makes a mistake and, and gets angry at one of his, you know, or his or her nurses or something like that, and he has to apologize, you know. I'm not, no one's perfect. Or, you know, maybe he's got a little bit of a, a cold. That doesn't disqualify him from being a doctor and taking care of patients because he's got a little cold. It shows that he's human. He's not immune to getting a virus or something like that. What I'll watch for is how he treats himself and take care of himself. Same thing in the church. We're watching for how these ministers, these deacons, you know, how he or she takes care of his or herself how they deal with their sins and imperfections is what matters. And they should, they should deal with it. They should be the one, some of the best at dealing with it. That's the standard there. So no, you can't have ministers and pastors and deacons and things like that just running around 
just sending all over the place and just say, hey, what do you expect? The hospital is a place for sick people. No way. Well, then I'm going to find me another hospital because your doctors are terrible. Your doctors are, are ill-equipped. That's what would happen at a public hospital, like an actual hospital. If you saw that the doctors are terrible, I do not want to be there. And you're not going to be able to tell me, hey, nobody's perfect. You know, I'm like, nah, that's not happening. I'm going to find me another hospital where the doctors are, are well-equipped to take care of the people. And they should be the healthiest people there. So those are the doctors. So hopefully you can see where I'm going with this. Let's deal with the medicine. Let's deal with the medicine. Who who wants to be at a hospital in which the medicine um, doesn't work? <laughs> you know, the, the medicine doesn't work. That that's a that's a telltale sign right there that I'm in the wrong place. You have a your, your medicine doesn't work. Your everything you're giving me isn't isn't working. It isn't it isn't you know. It, it, it isn't effective or I don't know where you're getting it from. There's no there's no unity on whether or not it should be being administered to us or not. It's just this this. I'm afraid of your medicine. I don't trust your medicine. And if I don't trust your medicine, then there is no way I'm going to let you give that to me. I'm going to reject what you got. I don't. In fact, if 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 you're taking the same medicine and it doesn't even work for any of the other patients, I for sure don't want it then. I don't want what you're offering. I don't see evidence of it working. I, I don't see unity on where you got it from. You know, and so it's the same thing with the church. The medicine is supposed to be the thing that makes you better, right? So for us, we're talking about prayer. We're talking about, you know, worship. You know, we're talking about uh, scripture, the things in the Bible. So you got all of this stuff. This is the medicine. This is This is what makes people better. And it's like, but you can't even agree on, you know, which scriptures are useful and which ones are not. And, and, and you're bickering with other churches and bickering with other pastors about, you know, what's, what we really should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. You know, uh, let's listen to the New Testament, but ignore the Old Testament and just all, just all this different arguments and dysfunction concerning the medicine. And then you're not even taking it yourself. You got, you know, you got pastors and ministers and members and deacons and nurses and choir members that don't even be praying. You know, you're not reading the scripture. You're not taking it yourself. I don't believe in the function of that hospital, that church. The medicine is weird. It, it, the medicine's tampered with. And so those are the type of things that would turn me off from a hospital if the medicine was janky, you know, the medicine was, 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 you know, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, knockoff medicine, altered medicine, where, you know, everybody's got their own ways of doing it or, you know, generic stuff. Like, nah, I want the good stuff. I want the real stuff. And it's the same thing with church. You, you, you need for the church, if you're a hospital, your medicine needs to be good. And what I mean by good medicine is untwisted, straight up, pure, unmessed with biblical scripture, biblical doctrine. And, and the people in that church are, are doing their best to live it out. And when they fail, they repent. They don't make excuses for their sin and say, hey, we're all, it's, just a, it's just a hospital. We're all messed up. No, no, they show what repentance really, really looks like. They show what this medicine really, really can do. You know, they... They they take scripture and prayer and 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 the power of the Holy Spirit and it's on display. This this is some good medicine. 
They don't twi- twist scriptures to make their points for them. Uh, they don't use the things of God to, to like make money and do all these other different things. And that's all they care about. And it's, it's the medicine. So already we see with a hospital, you need good doctors that are, that are the healthiest people in the hospital and you need good medicine. I mean, that's the essence of a hospital. So you can't have a church to have, you know, the leadership is just it's sicker than everybody else. And then the medicine, scripture, Bible, prayer is, is not good. It's, it's, it's poorly used, poorly administered, poorly represented. Then that, that if, if a church is a hospital, I'm not choosing that church with bad doctors and bad medicine, bad doctrine. Then let's talk about the patients. And I'm talking about the patients, the sick people, right? Okay, so I get it. The church is a place for sick people. And this is saying that, you know, you should keep your doors open to, to people struggling in their faith. You know, maybe they are sinning a lot. Maybe they are making a lot of mistakes. The church should be a place where they can go. Totally get that. So let's go back to the hospital analogy. In a hospital, a lot of sick people do go to a hospital. So I understand that. They go, though. Why do they go? They don't go to go hang out. They don't go to take up residence and want to be there permanently. You know what I mean? They, they go to get better. They want to meet that knowledgeable doctor. They want to get that good medicine. They want to take it and they want to be healed. They want to be better. They don't go to the hospital to camp out and to stay there and just never get better and just stay sick. They don't do that. Because think about it, y'all. Think about it. If you went to a hospital and and just everybody's jacked up, everybody's sick, the, the receptionist, they, you know, they, hey, welcome to our hospital. And she all got her eyes is falling out and she just got all kinds of diseases falling off. And she ended up, come meet our lead doctor. And then the lead doctor come up. He just as messed up. He just got all kinds of just sores and, and things all over him. He just like, hey, we're going to get you better. You you ain't going to touch me. It's, you, you're not coming anywhere near me. You know, everybody's sick. I, there, there is no hospital on the globe that wants a reputation for everybody being sick. Nobody is healthy. And that's how we roll. And that's normal for everybody to be sick. Nobody ever gets better. All the patients stay sick. They don't get better. They just stay sick. It's just a downward spiral. We just stay sick. And everybody who comes in the hospital, you're going to be sick too. And you're going to stay that way because that's what we do. We're all sick. And we want you to buy into that with our hospital. We don't want you to judge our hospital. But that's not what happens. In hospitals, you see success stories all the time. You see people coming out of the hospital healthy, recovered. You know, a hospital where everybody is sick and you, and you expect that to be the way it goes, they don't even need a recovery room, do they? No, because no one recovers. We're just sick. We just, that's it. We just, but that's not how it is. The best hospitals, people are getting better. People are in, in recovery. People, they go, they see the doctor, they get the medicine and they get better. And then, you know, they tell other people how great the medicine was. They tell everybody how, how great the doctors were, how clean it was, just all these different things. And, and then you can see it on them that they got better. That's what makes more people want to go to that hospital because it's working and they can see it. Which brings me to my last point, the reputation, the reputation. If the church is a hospital, 
then let's look at that. Let's look at a hospital. The reputation of the hospital should be a good one. People, no one wants to go to a hospital where the doctors are terrible, the medicine's bad, and the and no one gets better. Talking about the patients that are there, no one gets better. I'm not going to that hospital. And in fact, the reputation is even soiled worse when they say the doctors are always talking about other people. It's just, can you see where I'm going with this, y'all? Bad doctors, bad medicine, uh, no one gets healed, and you got a poor reputation because of all of these things. If the church is a hospital, you can't have a reputation for no one getting better at your church. I wouldn't want to go to that church because that means my, my faith isn't increasing. My resolve against sin isn't increasing. My ability to, to fight back against Satan is not increasing. My I'm still attached to the world in so many different ways. I'm not getting better. When I look at scripture and it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But you got me stuck in the old at your church where every everybody's sick. If, if a church is a hospital and we want to get this right, then the church should have really healthy doctors your pastors, your ministers, your deacons, uh, he or she should be in great spiritual shape. Even the Bible says in Timothy that the that, that's the requirements. They should be in the best shape. They should be in the best spiritual shape. The healthiest people in the church should be your leaders. And then the medicine. You got to stick to scripture. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. Don't twist it to make your point. Don't leave out the parts that, that challenge you. Don't leave out the parts that are um, that can be even deemed offensive to the world. You have to stand on scripture, but you just got to do it out of love. You welcome anyone who wants to come in, but this is a hospital. We don't bring sick people in to leave you sick. We bring sick people in to make you well. And you get well at your pace, just like a real hospital. The real hospital, you don't force the wellness. You just keep administering the good medicine with good doctors and you let them get well. At I mean, the medicine got to do its thing and it takes time. Same thing at the church. I'm not saying when you walk in there that you're not, when you walk into a church, you're not going to see sick people walking around. Sure. At a hospital, you see sick people walking around, but you see healthy doctors taking care of them. You see healthy nurses taking care of them. You see other patients that are getting well and on their way out. You see all kinds of stuff. At a church, that's how it should be. You should see healthy doctors. You should have good medicine, sound doctrine um, with a good Bible and good love and all of that. And you should see people getting better. You should see testimonies. There should be people who came into the church a little while ago that were all messed up and sick, but now they're doing better. That's when the church is a hospital. Okay. And then the reputation, that's when you get a good reputation. Now, I know some people will be, will be looking at this and simply say, because we're all, you know, born in sin, the sin is always there that you're, you're always quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes now, sick, right? Cause you're, you're never perfect. You're never, but that's not, that's, that, that's straight up using this analogy all wrong because the Bible says that you, you are not a slave to sin anymore. You, you're not, you're not stuck to where sin runs your life anymore. You're not, once you found Jesus and he died, he cleaned you, he cleansed you up. So you're telling me when Jesus cleansed you up, you're still sick. We got to use this stuff in the right context. Yes, sin is still a part of your life, but Jesus has cleaned you up. He has given you his Holy Spirit. So now that's what you're using to not be a slave to that disease called sin. You don't have it no more. You're better. You went in to the church without that, but you leave 
I don't know, not leave, not leave the church, but you, you went in with it. But as you continue to fellowship and continue to grow, you you're you become that 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 disease goes away from you in terms of the disease isn't sin itself. The disease is being or I should say the disease isn't a sin alone. The disease is being a slave to that sin that's in you. And Jesus takes care of that, cleanses you, gives you the Holy Spirit. You now have power over that. You are healed. And then you believe in him. You are saved. You're a new creation. You're not the same sick person. And the church should reflect that. So if we want to say that the church is a hospital, then let's do it right. Where's our good doctors? Where's, 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 where's that great medicine? That untwisted scripture, that 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 pastor, that 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 uh, minister, those 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 choir members and ushers and just all these leadership positions in the church that are are fighting to have great integrity. What what you do when people don't see, right? And so that you can be healthy and help other people to have integrity. Doctors, good doctors in our church, good medicine. And the patients have to get better if you want to have a good reputation in this world. That's what the church as a hospital really should be like. And I want to challenge you to make sure that that's the standard that you hold up for yourself and your church. You know, so this is a really simple TCS Live show. Um, if the church is a hospital, then let's actually do it. Let's hold our doctors accountable for being the most healthy people, the healthiest people in the church. And and not just the not just the the leaders. These we gotta have more healthy members too. Healthy members, because that's what gives the reputation for the church worldwide the way it should be. And then maybe we'll have more people wanting to be a part of the church because the doctors are legit, the medicine's awesome, people get better. So you got healthy patients, and the reputation is what it needs to be. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that clears some things up for you. And I want to thank you again for joining me for the TCS Live show. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to TCS Live with TC Stallings on the Edify Podcast Network. Tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith and life. And for more must-hear podcasts, download the Edify Podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app. 